0: What's up, everybody? This is Doc Joe Brown. Real name, no gimmicks. And this is Pro Wrestling Talk for the Pistons fan. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Pro Pistons. That's P-R-O-P-I-S-T-O-N-S. It's October. It's October 1st, the scariest month of the year. The show is one year old and I was just thinking about scary wrestlers. That's what I was thinking about today. And how could you think about scary wrestlers without starting at or not having close to the top gang grail? Boom, 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 boom. I would've played his music, but you know, I don't want to get flagged for copyright or I'm still the show is only one year old. We don't need them problems. We do not need them problems. But if you know gang grail, from the WWE. The dude really looks like a vampire. And if you look at him at recent interviews. Actually he looks to be in really good shape. I'm, I'm glad. Because when you think about the wrestling culture. You always think about these guys getting old. And having bad hips. And you like. If Gangrel looked like a vampire in 99. He got to look like a old broke vampire in 2020. But actually there was an interview released today. On Chris Van Vliet's YouTube channel. With Gangrel. And it was recorded within the last 30 days. And Gangrel looks to be in really good shape. Has a wrestling school. He still accepts bookings. He still accepts bookings. And one of his more famed students is Rusev. Rusev Day. But we all like Lana better. But Rusev Day, or better known as Meryl. So shout out to my AEW folks. This is Trademark Taz. And you're listening to Pro Wrestling Talk for the Pistons fan. Shout out to my man, Doc Joe Brown no relation to Judge Joe, and most importantly, Go Blue. I just wanted to profile Gangrel a little bit and especially focus in on one key date, October 17th, 1999. Does that ring a bell to anybody? You'll find out by the end of this episode. So Gangrel came into the WWE. He was married to Luna Vashon, and Luna had that great voice. Sable Like, Luna had a voice. It was a female voice. It was like Macy Gray on steroids. It was just, it was a very unique voice. She had her head shaved. She had tattoos on the side of her head that were lightning bolts. Just, I mean, just a very unique woman. Just, you know, not my cup of tea, but when you see Gangrel, you would be like, that would be his boo. If he looks like a vampire and she has lightning bolts bolts tattooed on the side of her head. These two kind of go together. So he was doing the blood baths. That's cool. That is the type of stuff we were getting in the Attitude Era. Like Gangrel didn't have to hit you. He would just pour blood on you. The lights would go out. You wake up and you're just like, I got blood all over me. If that's not cool. And he had a group called The Brood. And The Brood started off as Edge Christian and Gangrel was the leader. And now retrospectively looking back and if you hear interviews with Edge or... Christian, or even Gangrel, the purpose of the group was to put over Edge. That was it. But I mean, at that time, it was just mass in this brood, you know, group. So their entrance was really cool, very gothic, very scary. There was like flames around the stage. And then they would kind of come up from the bottom of the stage. They wouldn't like come out down the aisle, like from the back. They, they were like coming from the depths of hell. So they would just kind of rise up. On an elevator, basically, at the bottom of the Titan Tron. So it was cool. You're already in that mood. Like, these guys, these guys, where did they just come from? They got the flames around the stage. And it was just a cool moment. And anyway, the broods start feuding somehow with the Hardy Boys. I I almost said the Lucha Brothers, but the Hardy Boys. So they started feuding with the Hardy Boys. And that leads to one of the greatest tag team matches of all time October 17 1999 I was in 10th grade I went to CMA fair rose we got the bomb the bomb the bomb baby our team is the shh anyway October 17 1999 the first ever tag team ladder match in WWE history it was unbelievable and I went back and watched that match and I just noted a few items right first of all the match as good as it is and if you watch AEW tag matches now you'll just find out that these are just derivatives of this match like there are certain matches in history that are just those matches that changed the tide of the race wrestling industry and this was one uh this one you'll go back to Wrestlemania 3 uh Rickety Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man all the near falls those are just like that's just like a blueprint for the future and this one definitely was so they weren't for the tag titles, right? <laughs> you couldn't have told me that there weren't tag titles hanging up there, but they were actually wrestling for $100,000 in the services of Terry Reynolds, right? So that that was kind of like, I forgot all about that. And if anybody, ooh, Terry Reynolds, all right. Uh, I just I just happened to look up Terry Reynolds and I'm just like, wow. That um, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, first of all, he's at the top of his game. This is when JR and... What's Jerry Ross, Te- what am I talking about? Rick Ross, Jim Ross, Jim, <laughs> Jerry Lawler, and Rick Ross were just perfect color commentary and play by play. And Jerry has a funny line if you go back and watch the match. He says, "I know Terry's services are good, but I'm not sure if they're that good because <laughs> about halfway through the match, you realize that these guys are killing each other. They're doing unbelievable things with that ladder. Pause." Uh, who was the champs? And I know you may say, well, if they weren't fighting for the belt, who were the champs? Actually, The Rock and Mick Foley were the champs at that time. Remember the Rock and Sock connection? I hated that, but whatever. Everybody in the match was 25 except Jeff Hardy. He was 22. And yeah, that's it. That, that was really... I just wanted to focus on that match because it's such a pivotal... Pivotable. Pivotable. And I'm not editing that out. I make mistakes. Like, Pivotable. Like, it was such a pivotal match in tag team wrestling. It was... The match is only 17 minutes. Like I watched it today and it didn't even take up all my lunch break. So I would encourage everybody, no mercy, 1999, October 17th, uh, Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys, not the Lucha Brothers. (laughs) The Hardy Boys. Just watch it. You would think if you watch epilogues about the match, you would think it was long, but it was really just a spot fest from the the, the time the bell rang. And you know who I really feel bad for in all this? The matches after that, Val Venus versus Mankind. Wow, that is unfortunate. X-Pac versus Bradshaw, Farouk, and Kane in a four corners elimination match. And then Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, anything goes match. Now, I'm not gonna like rat on any of those matches or anything because I haven't watched them, but... I will say this, there, <laughs> after putting on a match like they did, the tag team ladder match, the first one ever in WWE history, that is unfortunate that you have to go out after these people. Talk about still in the show. Yeah, yo, yo, what's up, what's up? This is your man's The African Season, and you're listening to my main man, Mr. Doc, Joe Brown. So I got to looking and I'm like, so what happened in the NBA on October 17, 1999, right? And the first thing I found out as I was doing my research for this show, nothing happened because the season didn't start until November 2nd that year. But the NBA does have an on-this-date page. And in 1964, well before I was thought of, heck, my dad was only 14 in 1964, Willis Reed made his debut for the Knicks. And uh, they played the Lakers. So that's kind of interesting. The Lakers won 113-109. to 109. Pete Maravich, Pistol Petey. 1970 Pistol Peasle Pistol Pete Maravich made his debut for the Atlanta Hawks against the Milwaukee Bucks Elvin Hayes made his v- debut now you know this is a long time ago 1968 because it was for the San Diego Rockets and 2005 the NBA issues a dress code memo policy applicable to all NBA players boy boy you wear what I tell you to wear to work boy So then I wanted to go further and I'm like, who did the Pistons have on their roster in 1999? So Alvin Gentry was the coach, George Irvin was the assistant coach and the executive was Rick Sund. I don't remember that. I don't remember Rick Sund. Who is Rick Sund? I just don't remember that. On our team we had, oh man, this is ugly. This is, oh man, this is ugly. On our team we had, all right, we had Stackhouse. Well, it's not too ugly. But it just didn't fit. We had Stackhouse. We had Grant Hill. We had Lindsey Hunter. Christian Laettner. The Junkyard Dog. Jerome Williams. Terry Mills. Mike Curry. <laughs> Mikey Moore. Ah! You know Mikey Moore always screaming when he ducked. John Crotty. Man, we had John Crotty. I didn't know Judd Bushler played for the Pistons. Jermaine Jackson. You a D stand up? Titans? Don Reed. Marcus Brown. Lloyd Vaught. Michigan's old Lloyd, boy, and Eric Montrose, Jeez, old Pete's. It's my hope that this episode has inspired you to go back and crack out that Jeb Bushler jersey. Crack out that Mikey Moore jersey. Crack out that Eric Montrose jersey. And then on October 17th, have a drink, sit back, go down that YouTube rabbit hole, and catch some classic Hardy Boys. And Edge and Christian highlights, Gang Grill, the Bloodbaths, go back and watch all that and just have a great time. Trigger Treat, I'm out. Follow us on Twitter, Pro Pistons. <laughs>